Hello, everybody. Uh, it's, it's, it's not actually been that long uh, since we last recorded, actually. It's only been a couple of days. Um, but we, we have got some stuff to chat with you. Uh, we're going to bring you reviews of the original Ghost in the Shell movie, the new uh, live-action Ghost in the Shell movie, uh, a little bit of what we've been watching. I think uh, Ian's got a couple and I've got a couple. Uh, and then the penultimate episode of our Franco Don't Give a uh, Fuck um, marathon, True Deception or the Adderall Diaries as it is known in America I believe That would make sense Yes, um, so yeah um, we're also to our usual probably tangents and bits like that and I'm sure there'll be other things that we'll talk about during our um, review of Ghost in the Shell uh, the, 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 the second one uh, it would be remiss of us to talk about it without kind of I don't know, getting some stuff off our chest, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, 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 I don't know. I could... Uh, we'll get into it, yeah. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, we're also going to chat some trailers, if there have been any, um, and other relevant bits, and we'll get into all that. So, Ian, has anything happened in the past couple of days uh, that we should inform people about, or that we should comment on, etc.? Um... I had to sell my PlayStation. And you did indeed. Yeah. Um, then to make up for it, I re-bought a 4K player because it was 200 quid less than the PlayStation. And then I sold the like, I sold the PlayStation for 200 quid less for 200 quid of the money. No, how how to explain it? Basically, I needed to make up a shortfall of £200 due to some miscalculations I had made on, on bonus stuff, which was completely my fault. Um, so I had to sell my PlayStation, but the extra that I got from the selling of that, I was able to get a 4K player with. However, the fucking thing doesn't work. Uh, you, have, you have no luck with these 4K players, man. I tell you what, man. Like, it fuming. Right, it was advertised as new in box, box opened, but that was it. Bollocks. Uh, the remote, the remote on the Samsung Blue uh, 4K player is like it's it's a lock that you kind of have to. It's it's basically like it uses a watch battery, and so you have to use like a little like thin thing to like re open it. So I use the end of an i like an iPod Lightning connector to kind of like twist it open. Signs of use in that thing um the box was fucked um so i was already in trouble and then it just was flashing red and i couldn't get an hdmi connection so that was fun so thankfully it was amazon prime and amazon being amazon it, it was just like right yeah we'll arrange a refund as soon as it's processed so that's fine um so i have ordered a replacement of that so we'll we'll see how that goes um, so yeah, that pissed me off over the last few days. Um, yep. I will say, um, I'm going to talk about it later, the boss baby, it has been seen. Look forward <laughs> to that, folks. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I I think that's probably about it, is it? I, I don't know, nothing's, I don't think anything's really come up. No, I, I can't think of anything. Nothing I've, I've noticed, uh, to be honest. So, oh, uh, we should wish um, 
our comic book correspondent Noel Meller uh, and his uh, yeah, beautiful wife Claire. Uh, we should wish them uh, congratulations on the uh, birth of their new little baby girl. Yeah, indeed, Rosa. Rosa, solid yes, name. yes, very solid name. So yeah, that was a uh, that happened uh, yesterday. So Saturday, the first she's born on April Fool's Day. So yeah, that's all. Congratulations, Noel. Congratulations, Claire, uh, on their second arrival. Indeed, indeed. Good luck, Charlie. Good, yes, good luck. Uh, I think we'll have a uh, time permitting. Obviously, uh, we'll be having Noel on in a couple of weeks for Theatre of the Furious. Yeah, he's he's already said he thinks his paternal uh, paternity leave will allow him the opportunity of going to see it at some point. Yes. Um, like. God, I left it like six weeks before I went to the fucking cinema again after Lottie was born. Um, but it was Oscar screener season, so I didn't it really It was Oscar screener season, yeah, it I remember. Was, it, yeah, it was very uh, fortunate. First fucking film I went to see, the Robocop remake. Was it? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, I literally forgot that even, that even existed. <laughs> I wouldn't mind rewatching that, you know. I, I could actually, because I, I might actually rewatch it in the coming weeks, actually, now I've remembered it. Because I remember actually thinking it was alright, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, like Samuel L. Jackson, I remember being quite fun in it as well. Um, yeah. Was Michael oh, Keaton in it? He was like. I the, think he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was like the like head of the company or like the marketing guy or some shit. Yeah, I want to I wanna rewatch that. Yeah. Um. But yes, anyway, uh, congrats, Noel. Uh, feels, feels like something that might be like three ninety nine on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, yeah. Um, I don't know, even if it was like on Blu-ray in a like five for 30 or something, I might be tempted to... It's seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine on, on iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, okay. Not happening. Nah, nah, fair enough. Um... I will say uh, it's the ten-year anniversary of Sunshine's UK release coming up this week, which yes, fucking mental. Um, I kind of feel like I need to do something for it, but I don't know what. I think we should watch it and then review it on the show next week. Oh fuck me! Review Sunshine. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I suppose like yeah, because you could be the devil's advocate. I've, I've been actually looking for an excuse to rewatch it for for quite a while, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I, I could I could definitely do that. All right, cool. I I yeah I I have the Blu-ray. I've not I've not watched it on the TV I've had for about the last year or so as of yet. So uh, that'll be a good excuse for that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That sounds like a plan. Let's do that. Nice. Let's do that. Um. Yeah, so anyway, sorry, I'm slightly rambling here. We've only just started. Yes, uh, go ahead, sir, take it away. So, uh, Ian, uh, have you watched any trailers um, in the past couple of days? Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Um, I think that's pretty much the only one I've seen, unless you jog my memory with any. But, um, yeah, interest in this. It kind of feels like it's bringing stuff to almost to a close here like just a little bit yeah it does feel like they've gone right third this is third isn't it yes yeah third like they're gonna go right third there's not a lot of people clamoring for this movie but i still think it'll do well but it doesn't there's not a lot of people going oh i can't wait for the next 
you know, Ape's movie. So you could see them maybe going, do you know what? If this, we'll, we'll, we'll do a movie that will close it off, but we'll leave it just the door, just open enough for if it's a massive success, we can do a, a fourth. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because, like, I mean, Matt Reeves is doing the Batman, so he's going to be gone after this. Andy Serkis, I slightly get the feeling he's probably like three Caesar films and I'm done because I've got Mm. other shit I want to do. So I wouldn't be surprised if this closes off and then the next one is Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have. Well, we will just we will redo Planet of the Apes, but with the foregrounding of what has come before, kind of um, influencing it. Um, I think that would be that would be a really cool move, and like set it in you know set it in the far flung future, and like have I, I you know just don't do a Tim Burton do do it in this universe. Get a, a really good director in again you know and and you know a, a good charlton heston stand in and let and let's take it from there um because in the end of the day this is going to be the what you'd have to assume this is going to be the one where the apes take over yeah um you know it's it's gonna be caesar basically going right for the good of my kind i've tried to work with you people but it's not happening you lot are fucked and I, I mean, I I would love it if it went in that direction. Um, I mean, Woody Harrelson is really interesting casting for that role, just because the guy yeah. can be intense when he wants to be, but he doesn't do that that often. But it looks like he's really going for that here. Um, and also, just the fact that it looks like it's going to be primarily apes. You know, like Dawn of, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes had an awful lot of. Uh, ape action as well, but then you had um, like Jason Clark and uh, and company. Uh, I can't remember the. Um, I can't really remember the rest of the human cast in that, but you had a lot of them in that. I'm I'm looking forward to rewatching those, uh, those films in the lead up. They're coming out on 4K uh, before war, so I'll be uh, picking up Rise and Dawn. But um, yeah, it, it feels like this is going to be. Whereas that one was maybe fifty fifty. Actors and CG. This feels like it might be seventy-five, twenty-five. Yeah, it does. It does seem like they're going that kind of that that way with it, and going to focus primarily on the the aptastic universe rather than the, the the human interaction there. And like you say, Harrelson's a he's a good. I think he's a good bit of casting for that. Like you say, and also as well, it seems um, in a similar vein to like what they did with uh, Kong. They're going full out war movie with it, uh-huh. which is a. An interesting sort of tact to take um, on that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be... It'll be interesting to see if the tone of the trailer is the film we get, because that's a fucking dark trailer. I think, to be honest, I think it will be. I, You know, I think they've, they've engaged people enough, because, I mean, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was not a cheery film either. That no, it was not like tension on a knife edge throughout and it ended with Caesar basically being the first ape to kill um, even though like the end of the credits of Dawn you hear um, I think it was Cobra like breathing and you know but even though it doesn't seem like he's turning up in this um, it's it's weird that Toby Kebbell played Cobra in that and then the 
the, and then he does Kong in Kong Skull Island and Andy Serkis is Caesar in this and did Kong in Jackson's Kong like that's yeah such a fucking weird like turn of, uh, turn there um but yeah no I mean that's the thing so it 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 it, it already feels like a very dour universe and it's only going to get more so. I mean, between this and Dunkirk, I'm kind of glad for Guardians and Spider-Man this year because we, I think we, we're going to need some light amongst the dark, really. Um, even though I wonder if the political landscape being as it is, whether darker edge stuff might come back into it more over the next couple of years, who's to say? But anyway... Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. You know, I was already. I, I was always going to be up for this because there's eight, but I, I think the trailer's good. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the trailer quite a lot. To be honest, I think it's very good. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't think I've seen anything. Um, the other uh, Annabelle sequel trailer I watched. Um, it, it, it's just not a character that does anything for me. I watched it and. Just thought, do you know what? I'm still going to make it through a two and a half minute trailer, so I don't know what the fuck I'm going to be like with the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's uh, frankly, it's one of those ones where if there's anything else out that week, we'll review that instead. But otherwise, we'll we'll, we'll catch it. Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's one of those. I, you know, the first Annabelle, I thought was all right, man. Like, the, yeah, you the, liked the, it, didn't the, you? The lift sequence was um, like really stuck in my memory. To be fair, but um, I mean, not a perfect film by any bloody means. But you know, um, yeah, it was it was all right. I, I kind of look forward to seeing what they do with this one. The the, the nun, I am petrified about frankly um did not enjoy that stuff in the conjuring too i must say but um yeah i mean i'll i'll, I'll give it a whirl why not cool uh right so we'll get through to our uh, first feature review film uh, which is the 1995 all right yes 1995 um ghost in the shell the first ghost in the shell movie and uh, it was based upon a series of manga comics uh, released in the late 80s i believe um set in a world uh, 2029 uh, where humans um have, have gone from mere um surgical enhancements to um, cybernetic enhancements so therefore limbs can be replaced with um, biometric limbs and sight can be improved etc and all of these things um, to make people better and more equipped to do certain jobs etc and also you have things called shells which are completely cybernetic bodies and then people's minds are installed into these which are called ghosts um, one of these um, is uh, Major Motoko uh, Kusanagi, uh, who is the leader of uh, a special forces security team, I think the best way to describe it, called sure, Section sure. 9. Um, and they're on tracking down a hacker who can hack into people's brains, because remember, people's brains are all connected by cybernetics now, uh, called the Puppet Master who actually has a link to her past and has a special interest in her uh, himself. Um, yeah, okay. Ghost in the Shell, it's a strange one. It's very hard to sort of explain Ghost in the Shell. We, have, we are all spoilers all the time, but also it is a 22-fucking-year-old movie, so there is that as well. But it is quite a, it's quite a strange movie to kind of explain, I would say. Um, Ghost in the Shell, Ian, I, first of all, before we get into the actual review of the movies, how old were you remember when you first watched this? Ghost in the Shell. Um, yeah. 
to be honest, probably during uni. Um, you know, it wasn't yeah. like I, I watched it when it came out. Like, it, 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 yeah, I would have said probably, yeah, like, uh, 10, uh, how long ago was I in uni? Yeah, like 10 to 15 years ago now, I'd say. Yeah, cool. Um, right, so what's, you, have you gone back to it a few times or was your watch for it the past week? Was that your first sort of delve back into it in a while? I, I think I've wa- I think I've watched it like three times. I noticed that I'd, I'd previously uh, given it a rating on Letterboxd, so I ah, watched right. it at some point within the last six years or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I still very much enjoy Ghost in the Shell. Um, it's, I like how it's like an hour and 24 minutes long or something like that, but manages to have its cake and eat it in having, you know, really good action, but also slower contemplative stuff. And, mm. and it feels like quite a big story, but is somehow paired in down into this runtime. Um, it, I, I mean, it's it's very impressive. I mean, we'll obviously talk about the remake in a bit, but that I I think that feels pacey as well. Um, but this this is a more pared down version, um, which, to be fair, I think is probably a lot of it is probably to do with the fact that the remake spends some time trying to justify the Scarlett Johansson thing, which this film doesn't have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's vision. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think the other thing with, with, with that is there is no fucking possible way someone's going to deliver a $110 million uh, temple movie uh, under 100 minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that, that, I, I suppose so without it being accused of, like, having some sort of compromise in, in its vision. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's exactly. fair to say. Um, yeah, but, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I mean, visually very striking. I mean, the, the opening sequence is the image of her kind of, like, uh, turning invisible is 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 really cool <laughs> in, in the original. It is, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a great way to describe it, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just kind of badass, really. Um, and, yeah, I I like the way, as well, that it it almost does the Star Wars thing of look of feeling like a used future. Like, the cybernetics thing, it just, it's a part of this world, you know. And one thing that this film doesn't do, which the remake does, is, is it doesn't try to, like, overload you with the the visuals to try and wow you and think, well, this is a far-flung future. Here, it's, you know, just, like, garbage disposal guys, like, hack into things because some guy in a pub told them how to do it to, you know, and, 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 and things like that. And it, it's very down-to-earth. Um, but, I, I, I mean, yeah, I have a, a great deal of time for it. I don't think it's perfect, Um I think the wrap up is a bit is a bit rushed, um, but yeah. Uh, go on, Buds. What do you think? Uh, I, I think it's 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 fantastic to be honest. I think it's a, it's it's one that I I got mildly into manga um, in sort of like the mid nineties around when uh, this movie came out. Um, partially um, partially because of financial gain. Um, to be honest, the there was a shop in York called Game Exchange, uh, which became um, Game Station, which then got bought out by Game. Um, 
but yeah, that used to it used to be a game exchange place um, years and years ago. Uh, funny enough, it'd been called Game Exchange. Um, but also as well, it used to rent out um, manga that they'd bought on import, uh, and I used to rent them out, copy them onto. Um, other videos and then sell them at school um, to make a little bit of, of extra cash, uh, which the guys at um, Game Exchange cottoned on to um, and uh, helped me out by getting bits and letting me have the videos for for nothing. Um, uh, and you know they took a cut of, of what I of what I made off it. So it was a little nice little business I had there. Uh, <laughs> you know, and Ghost in the Shell was 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 a, was a popular title. The most popular title I'll be honest was a Rutsuka Doji because I could sell it as pawn. Uh, <laughs> So yes, so I got to watch quite a, quite a few of these um, around that time. I'd sort of stick them on. I used to stick them on weirdly after match of the day had finished. Um, I remember watching Ghost in the Shell, and I remember it sort of catching my imagination sort of quite quickly. It's, it's a strange thing, I suppose. Um, you know, we remember movies um, before you knew about them, or all you knew about them was um, maybe a trailer, and you know. The little bit that you could could read in something, but even you know things like Empire and whatever that was out at the time, uh, they didn't do extensive coverage of things like this. Uh, so I, I'm just I've been quite um, visually struck by it straight away. In the fact that you've got that, you know the, the opening scene is fantastic, and then you cut into those opening credits, which are just absolutely mesmerising with that score um, that is fantastic. And I remember the, one of the the shots that really kind of stuck with me uh, is the shot where you've got a major um, just after the opening credits come out um, and she's laid down on the, the the bed I suppose is what it is with the, the window looking out at the skyline she gets up and she opens the door and you see the, the shadow uh, in the the light of the door and everything like that and it, it's that when you look at it and you go uh, Mamoru Oishi um, this is a directed film it's you know I think you can often not catch that, or some people can often not catch that, I suppose, or appreciate, I think it would be better way to, to describe it, um, animation in that, that way, like we do uh, live action, because it's, I think we're almost programmed um, to think a little bit less of animation in some ways, because when we grow up, we grow up, when you watch cartoons, and then it's something you're supposed to grow out of, and you know, it's kind of, at the end of the day, cartoons are animation, so this is animation. It's just got a lot more fucking seriousness to it. Uh, but I say it, it, it gets in, it, it tells its story, it's quite a complex story, but it tells it, it doesn't ever try and explain it to you, I suppose, I think, um, because the, the makers of the movie were making it for the people that were buying the manga, they weren't making it for a much wider audience, and it was such a successful thing that they kind of almost assumed a little bit that people knew a little bit about the story. So they don't try and spoon feed you it. They just go, here it is, and then off you fucking go with it. And so you do, you go off with it. It's, it, it, it I was, I think a big part of Ghost in the Shell though is the, it's, I mean, don't worry, there's a lot of, there's a typical things you get with, with manga of the, the fucking hypergraphic violence that you can have. Um, you know, this is made in a pre-CG universe where you couldn't really, in a in a big movie, uh, action movie or big sci-fi movie, tear people's arms off like they did in this. Um, you know, you had that stuff out in Robocop, etc., and things like that. Um, but also as well, there's a lot of... Um, 
cycle sort of sexual things within that uh, there that is explored on on the surface and it's almost like we've we've evolved from certain levels within Ghost in the Shell, whereby it's not just the biometrics involvement. You know, there's no mention of the fact that she walks around pretty much naked for a lot of the time. It's sort of something that's kind of just become accepted. And it very much, like you say, it feels a lived-in world in the sense that it, it feels like a world that's just evolved naturally to the point of where it is. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um... I feel like we just did like two monologues, and that was pretty much our review. It does feel a little bit like that, yeah. It's I think it's a it's a strange movie to, to review because um, I suppose a lot of the time when you talk when we review movies, you're talking about performances and you're talking about things like that. You can't as much um, with, with with animation. You, you've got to talk about the sort of themes it creates and the the feeling it gives off and the atmosphere it gets off. And you know, I think what is what I always find striking about um, Ghost in the Shell is. I've seen it several times, yet whenever I'm watching it, the minute it comes on, everything just kind of gets shut off. You know, the phone, I always watch films with my phone turned over. Now, uh, I, I try to not look at my phone during movies anymore because I, I don't like the idea of, and I do the same when I'm watching football now, the phone gets fucking turned over and put to one side because I, I would prefer, I, I could feel myself getting distracted you know, doing stuff while I was, what is it? So I don't want that anymore. But Ghost in the Shell is one of those where at no point I think I'll just chat for a minute so no, no one's texted me or I've not missed anything or anything like that it just it was there and that was it I was there for 82 minutes and it is it's fantastic um, they say it does feel like it it wraps up like that and you go oh I could actually do another 10 minutes of what happens there but I suppose there's the the, 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 the subsequent movies after that that you can kind of get that a little bit in but I do think um I do think if, if, if people are looking for an introduction to, to sort of that era of sort of manga and things like that, uh, it, it really is one of the high bar ones to sort of to settle down with. And as, as I think, and it is one where if, if you've not ever seen it, it, it definitely uh, I, I recommend to watch. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, the ideas that it has are really, really, really interesting. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, how it ends up is crazy. Like, I that that the idea of the two consciousnesses like merging mm. and then being like being put in the body of that like kid. Basically, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it it just it is really interesting. But I don't know how deeply I'd want to dive into the other films and the TV series and all that all that kind of stuff to be honest but it's uh, yeah I don't know it's an interesting way that they um, they, they end up there I mean definitely not shit um, like obviously um, I will say the I, I wish I could I, I wish I saw it this time around in the original Japanese language um, it was I don't know it, like it, the most kind of generic voicing for the uh, for the voiceover for the English thing. it is yeah yeah, I, I was I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't that because I, mean, I I I don't know did you get it on the iTunes because it was only four ninety nine. Yeah, it was like four ninety nine for the week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I did the same thing. Uh, I've already talked about it's now in there, but I, I do feel like maybe there should have been an option to watch either dub. Really, would have made yes. sense. It would have been uh, nice, been nice um, you know. But yeah, it is it is what it is. I suppose you know. I think they'll. I think they assume that people just are not going to be bothered 
too much bad that kind of thing it didn't it, it didn't really bother me that much watching it but like you say it is a little bit you get a feeling if it was if it was released now and they redubbed it now it, it'd have a cast whereas this is just people <laughs> this is voiceover artists which isn't a to, to turn it down but they have a very set way that they deliver lines a very yeah. much like that uh, yeah for, sure. no, that's a good way of putting it yeah. Um, so, well, I, I was, there's an interesting thing actually that we'll get to when we review um, the um, new version, um, the live action version. I'm not going to call it a remake. Um, uh, when we get to that, there's an interesting, an interesting link to what I'm about to say actually. Uh, so, Ghost in the Shell, we I put it out to our um, for our review poll uh, to our uh, Twitter followers there, um, and it came back as definitely. Not shit, 63%. I'm guessing we're both definitely not shit on it, by the way. Oh, yeah, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it would be that. Definitely not shit, 63%. Touching cloth, 6%. And shit, 31%. I was, that, I found that very wow, interesting. Really? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I found that very interesting. Um, so, yeah, so, but we'll come back to something that's interesting about that very, in and out, about sort of 40 minutes or so, or 20 minutes. Um, so, Ian, um, what have you been watching this week? Here we go then. Yes. I have now seen The Boss Baby. After months of speculation about what The Boss Baby is, I have now seen The Boss Baby, and I have more questions than answers. <laughs> Ian actually messaged me and said that, before he went in saying I'm about to watch The Boss Baby and I, I think I responded by saying I hope it's everything uh, you've dreamed and he messaged me like, like two hours later saying well that just raises more questions than it answered right okay The Boss Baby so starts with essentially a wraparound where Toby Maguire is uh, a, a grown-up version of the the kid in the film not the boss baby but his brother and um, he basically says at the start this is how it all happened in my mind so it's like right okay so it's basically the, the kid kind of projecting all this stuff then the kids if, in that case, the kid's got a in, fucking insane imagination. So, the story is, one day, in a taxi, a baby turns up. Mum and Dad answer the door, the baby's there, and they're like, look, it's your new brother. So, baby turns up in a taxi, already suited and booted. Um, so, it turns out that the baby actually works for Baby Corp who are trying to stop puppies from basically taking all the love in the world that is now for babies and after hijinks the, 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 the two brothers agree that they'll work together so that the baby can go back to Baby Corp and take the corner office um and in one section, I'm going to go full spoilers on the boss baby. And Absolutely. Um, so in one section, Alec Baldwin's character is, is saying, right, it, it, I'm going to show you what this is all about. I'm going to tell you what's happening. 
And in order to do so, the the two the two have to suck on these dummies really really fast, and then it basically makes them trip balls, and then they go up to Baby Corp, but they're invisible, and Baby Corp's like up in the heavens, and they stay as babies by drinking magic formula milk, where if they don't keep drinking that. That's when they will actually become, um, like, that's when they'll actually grow up. So the reason why they aren't babies is because they drink this magic formula. Um, and, and so, first off, it's like, well, how do they sort out, because it also shows that Babies are basically produced and sent down to a parent. So it's like, so when do, do the babies make the choice of what they want to be? Because they're babies when they get sent to the family. So how do they get cogn cognizant enough to know that there's something else there? So I like, because at one point, Alec Baldwin's character says he wasn't born, he was hired. And it's like, so how does that how does that work? Are there, like, a race of other babies that... So, are they not human? Are the, the babies that go down to Earth human, and these babies aren't human, and so that they know at the start, and then they know that they have to drink this formula milk? I, 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 it, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, also, the boss baby has associates um like seen in the trailer um yeah where like it's like they're having their meeting but they all it's weird they all appear to actually be babies like there's one that's like thick as shit and obviously is like is like the muscle and i don't get how he seems to be a baby but also knows about what's going on um one of the, and also the secretary can't write, and there's a joke like it's like can you read the minutes? It's like oh I can't read. What what does it say? And it's like but if you've been drinking the magic formula, and so you've kind of stayed a baby, and essentially you are like on the same level as Alec Baldwin. How can you not write? Because Alec Baldwin's character seems to be able to do loads of different shit. Um. So yeah, they have to stop puppies because the CEO of Puppy Co has made a forever puppy which is only ever a puppy and doesn't die and it's shown explicitly at one point that they don't die and and their owners do and it's horrific um, there's actually uh, incidentally there's one moment where literally the kid almost fires Alec Baldwin's baby character out of a window and um, and it it's like you were literally about to murder your brother. Um, and it's not really stressed how... It's kind of... It's almost as if it's imitable behaviour. Because he's not yeah. particularly censured for it. And I bet there was some, like, like, siblings looking at each other in the audience going, right, yeah, that's an idea. Um, so... <laughs> concerning. Um... Yeah, um, 
It's just the mythology of the boss baby is quite disturbing. Um, and I don't, and, and, I mean, like, huh. so, oh, well, even though, yeah, at the end, Alec Baldwin's character decides to become a baby and go back down, but then he's actually a baby again because he's not drinking the formula milk. So then, do they start as not babies? Like, do they start smart and then it's basically... Either you drink the formula milk or you're just going to turn into a baby and we're going to shove you to, your, to the family. I don't know. Um, so, the, the, the thing is, I, I, I laughed a few times. Um, yep. You know, it, it's, it's not horrible. Um, Alec Baldwin, I thought, did good work there. It's pacey. Um... Steve Buscemi's the bad guy. Solid oh, turn from him. Um, but I need a sequel, but only if it's going to be primarily set at Baby Corp and we get to know the inner workings of Baby Corp. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't care. Um, so, are you of, glad you watched it then? Well, I, I don't know, to be honest, Paul, <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm still, I still don't get it. You're still rattled. Yeah, because, like, the thing is, okay, if it was all in the kid's head, fair enough, but, like, they go, there's a scene where they basically, um, they become an Elvis impersonator to sneak onto a flight to Las Vegas, and they have to go to Las Vegas to save the parents, and it's like, so... If this is all how it happened in your head, you went to Las Vegas to save your parents by becoming an Elvis impersonator in your head. I I I I don't know. It's got deep on it. Gone too deep. I don't know. I don't know. The the boss baby, my three word review or three and point five word review, I don't know. <laughs> What else have you seen this week? Or is that just is, is that is that all you managed to muster? No, 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 no. I I saw Free Fire. Um, so oh, all right, yeah. I, I will talk about Free Fire. Um, so this film is not very confusing at all. Um, so it's the seventies. It's Boston. A bunch of IRA guys are wanting to buy guns. They're buying guns off Charlto Copley, who's a South African dick. Um, of course, the, yes. the deal is kind of being administered by Brie Larson and Army Hammer um, but due to unforeseen tensions between those selling the guns and those buying the guns um, shots start getting fired and then it turns into about an hour of shootouts and then like regrouping and having conversations um which is a risky maneuver to be fair uh but for the most part it works uh, pretty well um didn't look at my watch once even though i would say that there are spots where it does drag a little bit in all, in all honesty um 
towards the end, it, it kind of branches out and all the people aren't in this one large warehouse area. There are different people in different areas of the building and it started getting a little bit like, so who is where? And it, it yeah. became a little incoherent. Um, but for the most part, it's really, really fun. It's genuinely laugh out loud funny in many moments. Charlton Copley is having a time of his life in this film. Charlton Copley has a time of his life in every film he makes. Yeah, yeah, he does. But like, he is full force. Like, he's really playing into the dickhead character really well. Like, you just he is just a fucking pathetic twat, and it's amazing. Um, it's, I mean, it's not deep in the slightest. It is there just to kind of entertain. Um, and it, it, you know, it does so for the most part. It's not Wheatley's best, um, but I think it's after High Rise, which I, 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 I do think is Wheatley's worst. Um, it's nice to see him not ever so slightly go up his own bum uh, with Free Fire because you can't accuse him of doing that with this. With High Rise. It, it, I mean, like he was, he was attempting to adapt a very difficult novel, and he did it in very much his own way. But I don't think it fit that material that well. Um, but this, it's like an hour and a half long. It buzzes along. Once shots are fired, it, it, you know, it's it's off to the races, and there are some slightly more leaden patches but it's never ever boring uh i look forward to watching it again um it, it's a very very well accomplished little little thing and um i get the sense it's maybe not doing that well this weekend there were maybe about a dozen people in my 20 to 9 on a friday night opening night screening yeah uh, which doesn't bode well i don't think but um it it does feel like one that people should go out there and support when they're you know when they're complaining that you know the the, the kind of the interesting smaller films just aren't getting big screen releases anymore. This feels like one that five years later would be going straight to Netflix because that's where the market is heading. But you know, act act with your fucking wallets, folks. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I I. I... I think I'm gonna go and see it on. Uh, I've got the day off on Wednesday, so I think we're gonna see it on Wednesday morning. I think there's a nice ten past. There's a nice ten past ten screening uh, on Wednesday morning, so I think that should be that should set me up quite nicely. It's an hour and a half long. I I found weekly quite hit and miss to be honest, uh, but I really enjoyed High Rise. So and the trailer of this looks the, the trailer for this looks very much kind of up my street. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so, you, you you will enjoy it. I don't know if you will love it, but you'll have a good time. The thing is, the thing about it is, I'd be I'd be all over this going. Yeah, I am so fine. The only thing that's putting me off slightly is the fact it's been weekly, which is unfair. Because I liked out of all the movies, I've only kind of not really got on with two of them, and that was Sightseers and A Field in England. The rest of them I've, I've actually got on with really quite well. So I think it was, I think part of it is that thing of so many people telling me how amazing he is and how fantastic he is that I'm a little bit like, 
all right, but I didn't, I didn't like those. So it, there's a little bit of that, which is completely unfair because now I'm looking at going, do you know what? I'll happily take a solid three and a half, four out of five or three out of five because it's an hour and a half long and I get to see it on a morning. There we go. Yeah. You'll, you'll do fine with it, but you will do fine Good. with it. It's, it's like, um, I, I, I think I'm going to go see life on Tuesday night because, uh, I, I start oh, my um, I start my flexible it. work. Sorry, that's how that's that's on as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I, I start my flexible working uh, this week, so I'm going to have Tuesdays off. So after a day looking after Lottie, I think, you know, I love the kids. Of an evening after a day with her, I think I'm probably going to go to the cinema and like have an hour and a half of just three and a half out of five derivative eight monster stuff. Yeah, you know, so it, yeah, but I, but free fire is better than that. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. You will like it. I pretty much guarantee you'll like it. I'm not going to say it's the it's the best thing since sliced bread, uh, but you will like it. Good, come. Um, oh, oh, I've just had a look. Right on Wednesday, ten past ten a.m. screening of uh, Free Fire. Right. That kicks out at 12.10. At 12.15, there's a screen in no life. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Yeah, it could, could be a double cinema trip, that, that one, I think. That would work. It would work. It'd seem rude not to, wouldn't it? It would. Yes, cool. Right. What else have you got this week, then, bud? Uh, uh, that's actually it for me. Uh, that's it. Yeah, so both, 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 have been a, both have been cinema trips, then? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, I, um, you know, with taking Lottie to the cinema these days, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to ah, get course, out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, cool, right, uh, right, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the couple of mine that I've got before we, we get into the films we've got to do. Um, spurred on by the fact that um, we're doing the uh, Franco Don't Give a Fuck, or as Becky keeps calling it, the Franco Files. Um, that's actually really good. It's actually really good, actually. Should we should have thought, fuck, that's good, that. Um, and spent on by the fact that you, you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, uh, I reached Your Highness, um, a movie that I, yeah, man. I absolutely hated in the cinema and thought was an absolute piece of shit. Um, I really, really quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah, man, like I say, I, like I said before, I don't know what stick up my ass I had when I saw that in the cinema because, that, I, I mean, it's uh, not perfect, but it's fun. It is, yeah, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed Danny McBride, I, I, I enjoyed Danny McBride, um, Franco was a lot of fun, the, um, yeah, just the, um, the paedophile wizard, <laughs> some of the great bits, uh, the Natalie Portman going, isn't, isn't he a paedophile? <laughs> yes, I think he might have sexually molested my brother, <laughs> it's just, it shouldn't play for last, but McBride's delivery is just so... It's so on the nose with this movie. It's it's very much his movie, which it was supposed to be. It was, it was kind of like the movie that put him front and centre, whereas previously he'd always been in the sort of background of these these, um, these kind of movies um, that were born out of, um, I suppose, an Apatow universe and then moved into the David Gordon Green um, phase there. Um you know, and now you've got David Gordon Green and, and um, Daniel Pryor have gone off and uh, you know are doing their thing, and it's it's really their their story of 
of how they're working and how they're making movies and how they're funding movies and producing movies is, is really quite cool. Um, the, the fact that they're doing stuff that is interesting and different and stuff they want to do. And then obviously now they've got the um, they've got the Halloween movie um, coming up, which is, is really fucking interesting. But it was fun to go back to this. It's it's juvenile. It's crass. It's thoroughly insignificant. But it, it kind of it speaks to it speaks from I suppose a an era of people who grew up sort of maybe you know having things like legend and prince of thieves and willow um sort of thrown at them and then this is you know it, it's that mixed with the, the, the toilet humor as well and it all kind of is meshed in this bubbling part and then your highness is thrown out and there's so much out there that some of it sticks and some of it doesn't but when it does yeah. land it, it, it is it is funny enough certainly yeah quite Oh, what I will say is Natalie Portman does seem a little bit like she signed on for it to kind of soften uh, her the, the look that she's got and the opinion people have got of her that she's very stern and very straight faced and everything like that and then seemed like she got on set and went yeah I'm, this is way beneath me mm-hmm. and everyone else is kind of just going kind of is a little bit beneath them but fuck it <laughs> Um, so yeah but yeah I, I thoroughly enjoyed very much of that um, I also uh, this morning um, well this morning to early afternoon I rewatched Snakes on a Plane for the first time in, in quite a number of years um, nice and I yeah I, I, I was one of the few people well no I just wasn't not that few people but I was one of the people who actually was quite excited for Snakes on a Plane when it came out I just I don't know why it just kind of struck a call with maybe the the fun of it um and this is a film that very much kind of it, it was generated by you know the internet buzz uh, kind of took it over the line and i went to see it at the cinema and, and thoroughly enjoyed it um and i've watched it numerous times since uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it and then re-watching it sort of for the first time in probably oh probably going on nearly 10 years because it's an 11 year old movie now um so probably about eight years since i last watched it um I still really enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's brutal when it wants to. When you get the full sort of snake attacks, they are they are full on. There's some there's some good snake based kills in this, um, and there's some good action in it. Uh, it's it, it was thirty three million dollars, and it, it it kind of you can see thirty three million dollars worth of of sort of budget is there. They they, they make good use of that. Um, but also, I think it, it, it's things. Something like this, where it's testament to somebody like Samuel L. Jackson, because without it, it, it's such a Samuel L. Jackson thing to do. Even back then, um, it was still such a Samuel L. Jackson thing to do. To go, do you know what? Yeah, I fancy doing this. It sounds stupid. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like the sort of thing that should be Samuel L. Jackson in, <laughs> and it, yes. it is. And he does absolutely kind of elevate it. I don't know, you've got David Coelho in it, um, and Bobby Carnival's there, um, and, and sort of a few sort of semi recognisable faces. But it just similar Jackson just takes it up that that level and takes it simply beyond the fact that it's a stupid premise and it's a it's a cool name, which it could have been that. I think if you put somebody else in that role, and let's say not to fucking knock it, but let's say you had Ernie Hudson in that role. You know, it would have felt a little bit more straight to video, straight to DVD. Sure. 
than it actually is. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's still a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, oh man, I, I still thoroughly enjoyed my my rewatching of it. Um, so yeah, it was yeah, it's cool that. Um, and the final one I watched um, was I rewatched Five Hundred Days of Summer, a movie that. Um, that changes my opinion of it changes every time I watch it. <laughs> um, Which way are you swinging this time then? Well, I I, I remember when I first watched it. I think this was a very was it a very early Heroes review? It might well have been, you know. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Oh, I, I, or something. Oh, nine, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember um, I remember it being very high up on Jordan, of course, Jordan's list uh, for the uh, his films of that year. Um, which you can kind of absolutely see why it ticks all of uh, Jordan's boxes, which is not a criticism. Um, I loved it when, it when I first saw it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and then I, I enjoyed it the second time I watched it when I watched it on DVD. Then the third time I watched it, I thought it was a great film, but I fucking hated it. <laughs> um, it really, really fucking angered me. Uh, I remember being really pissed off with it in the sense that I thought that it essentially... It, it showed these two people, one who is a um, he's a whiny romanticist who, when things don't go his way, he just chucks his teddy out, and a manipulative bitch. I don't want to fucking see a story about that. I fucking prefer to just watch When Harry Met Sally, which which led me to then falling back in love with When Harry Met Sally. So I, I, I've got it on iTunes. Um, and I, I thought, do you know what? I, I'm gonna give it a rewatch. I'm gonna see how I how, how I land with it now. It being about sort of um, five or six years since I since I last watched it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I loved it again. Okay. Um, I still land on the fact that it's um, that I, I do think Zoe Deschanel's character is a manipulative bitch in it. But I think that's kind. Of, and now it's the point where I'm kind of thinking that's possibly the point of it and it's not a it's not a critical manipulative bitch she's just a very self-absorbed person she's very wrapped up in her own self-absorbed world in the same way as i think every character in it is kind of wrapped up in the way that they perceive the world and it's 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 that thing it's it's a film of perceptions and we're looking at it what we're doing is we're looking at it through um, Tom Joseph Gordon Levitt's uh, character's perception of what went on, um, and we've been shown it, but we've been shown it by somebody else who's showing us it out of sync and going all over the place. And then occasionally somebody points out that maybe his his viewing of it isn't actually what happened, or isn't actually as it is, and then you sort of thrown out of it. But yeah, I still land on the fact that um, she is a, a, a slightly selfish manipulative bitch um but he allows himself to um be sort of taken along with that and doesn't pick up on the signs that that's what she's fucking doing um it, it does um ape towards uh, a lot of sort of the the, the, the the classic romantic comedies um of things like annie harlow and of course when when harry met sally where you get the the splitting screens and things like that going on uh, there's also a lot going on with it visually it, it, it's a shame that um that mark webb's kind of creativity was i suppose <laughs> stunted i suppose in a little bit of a way by the fact that he went on to do the the spider-man movies um and you know it, it, it's it's he's got i think a new film coming out this year i think 
Um, uh, yeah, he does. Gifted with yeah, Chris it, Evans, yeah, and Octavia Spencer. It'll be it'll be nice to see what what kind of happens there because there's a lot of interesting sort of stuff going on in uh, in Five Hundred Days. Some sort of visually um, going on there, and it's clearly a guy who who knows movies quite well. Um, and it's always nice watching films made by people who who know their shit and know movies and know the um, the interests of movies and you know where you can pick up and go oh that's from there and that's from there and that's from there and originality is fantastic but occasionally the um, homaging or referencing is also it gives you a, a strange kind of warm fuzzy geeky delight I suppose uh, there um, but yeah again I, I I enjoyed my rewatch of it I'm glad that I'm, I'm kind of starting to make my peace again with it um, and I, I'm back in the place where I can go through and, and enjoy enjoy watching it because it is actually a really a, a really sort of nice film to watch um, so yeah I was uh, I'm glad like I said that I've, I've found a place for it again. Very nice. Cool. Um, right. So that's that's it. That's 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 all I, I've watched. I did start watching a another movie, but I didn't. I made it halfway through, so I'll get to that next week. Um, so Ghost in the Shell, the uh, live action uh, telling. Um, of Ghost in the Shell, directed by uh, Rupert Sanders, famous for being cast and couched by Kristen Stewart. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, stars uh, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Pitt, uh, Pilar Asbeck, Chinhan, Juliet Binoche, um, and uh, Takeshi Katana, uh, which is always nice to see him in anything, really, because he's great. Uh, also, Peter uh, Fernando, Fernando. Uh, was I didn't I didn't know he was in it. Um, uh, Michael Wincott turns up uh, and then disappears quite quickly, uh, which again he's always quite nice to see in stuff. Um, I say it's the live action um, telling of the uh, Ghost in the Shell manga series. Um, so we pick up in the same universe, set around the same time as what we spoke about just not too long ago. Uh, and it, it follows the same story, but in a slightly different way, is what I'd say. There's not, it, it's some points to see her almost shot for shot, uh, on other points, um, do, do change bits ever so slightly i've never read the mangas um so i don't know which one is more faithful um and without wanting to sound um disingenuous or anything I, i'm not really that bothered uh, we talk about movies on this so i prefer to review the movie that's in front of me um i'm sure we'll get into some of the the crazy politics behind it all when we're actually going through it but uh ian um what do you think of ghost in the shell well, I really liked it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like, I think visually it's it's pretty fucking great and overwhelming. Um, I think the story at the heart of it is interesting enough, and I think that they use the casting of Scarlett Johansson as well as they can do. Um, in the end of the day, if it wasn't her, this film's not going to be made because Rinko Kikuchi would not get a $110 million action film spent with her as the lead. I'm sorry. It would not. You, 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 are, you, are, you, are, you are completely right. Um, it, it wouldn't happen. It just it, it wouldn't happen. Um, whether or not that is... Is is right or not? Uh, is a a completely um, different um, it's a completely different conversation to be had. 
Um, I, I just think that people are, are, are desperate at the moment to be pissed off with something. There's a lot going on in the world. It is a... It's an angry world we're living in at the moment, in just general. Um, if you're going to focus all of your fucking anger towards a um, a live-action version of Ghost in the Shell, uh, the problem is... We'll get into this now, I suppose, because it's a good time to get into it. You're aiming your fucking guns at the fucking wrong thing. <laughs> Completely. Because, right... Um, this is a tester, Ghost in the Shell. It's a tester to see, because the technology is now there to make these movies as live-action movies, the reason why this and the reason why Akira and other um, movies that were manga that were very successful in the, the, the late 80s and mid-90s haven't been made yet is because the reason why they were made into, um, into animations was because there was no physical way you could have made them. 20 years ago, you couldn't have done it. it. It it would have looked like shit, and they knew it would have looked like shit. So they were made as animations. It, it was a natural progression. But animation is seen on a higher level in in Asia than it is in the Western world. Again, just fact. Um, so these this was almost a tester, and you know Akira might follow. Now Jordan Peele, I think, has been attached to the possibility of Akira. Akira has been going for years. Um, they've been trying to make versions of it and everyone from Will Smith to Tony Campbell to Steven fucking Spielberg have been attached to that movie now they will not the studio will not look at this movie if this movie isn't successful and go do you know what that movie would have been successful if we uh, cast Rinko Kikuchi they will not what will happen is they'll look at it and go do you know what there's no call there's no call for remakes of these movies. It's too much fucking hassle. So we just won't make it. It isn't like they'll go, oh, John Peel, you're going to make Akira. Yeah, you need to cast an Asian actor. Yeah. They'll just go, we just won't fucking make it. Yeah. So then a guy who might have a really interesting fucking take on it, who may well have an idea for an Asian actor or an American-Asian actor to, to play that fucking role. May well have an idea for that. Or may well want to cast an American, uh, an African-American actor in the fucking role and have an idea of taking it from uh, at that angle. They, they will not give him that movie. They'll just go, do you know what? There's no fucking call for it. There's too much hassle. So you're aiming your fucking guns at the wrong fucking people. And you're not actually looking at the movie. You're criticising a movie before you've seen it. Criticise the movie once you've seen it. They do explain it, and they do do it away. And it, it maybe it is um, it, it's a flimsy reasoning for it. I don't. I think it's a perfectly fine thing. But then again, I, to put to lay all my cards on the table, um, oh, Ghost in the Shell, it, 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 it's whitewashing. My response to that is, I, right, a, I don't agree with you. I don't agree it's whitewashing. Now, fine, fucking throw pelters at me, but that's my stance, and I'd be remiss, and I'd be wrong, and I'd be not doing what I, I claim to do on this show. I've always been honest about things. If I didn't say it, I don't think it is whitewashing. It's the way fucking storytelling has happened for centuries. It's just nowadays we do it in a different way. Do you think fucking The Good Samaritan, take The Good Samaritan, it's a story that every fucking 
continent and every fucking tribe of people has a version of the fucking Good Samaritan. And I don't fucking think that when that fucking version of it was told in fucking East Africa, they went, mm, sorry, I heard that was about an Asian guy. You, you, that's not right. That's not right. Storytelling just evolved and this is how we tell it. It's on a fucking global market now. That Why not when you've got it being made... There is there is a, a version of this movie that t- is taken from the manga that is drawn not exactly. They don't look classically Asian, all of the characters, and nobody's fucking saying anything about the fact that you got Peter Ashbeck there is playing is is a what is he Danish? <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about that. It's all focused at Scarlett Johansson. That, a, yes, that is the one fucking... That is the thing that it's like... That it, she's not the only one. Yeah. I get it, she's it, the lead. You've got the Danish guy there as well, you know. And yeah. it, I mean, he's probably maybe like the third most important person in the cast. Yeah. So, so, so there's, there's that. I just think that it's... People have, uh, and people are bandwagon fucking jumped on it like fucking crazy. And it's, it is part of this whole current fucking subculture of movie fans that seem to enjoy movies by disliking movies. And it, it baffles me. It completely baffles me. You know, why? It, it doesn't matter. If it's a good film, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a bad film. It just fucking doesn't fucking matter. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Do you know what? Focus range on something you did fucking like. Sorry, ran over. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean the, the the thing. I I I think you're right. I mean, in the end of the day, as I said, it wouldn't have got made. If it wasn't for it, you know, and do you know what? The film opened to eighteen million dollars in the US, so it's not going. It's already that thing is probably not going to make money, or at the very least, it's probably going to be. It's probably going to be break even, and people are going to think, "Was it really worth the bother?" Which for me is a shame. Um, However, it's not opened in Asian markets where no, Scarlett Johansson is huge. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's a very, very good point. You know, it's one of those ones that might not even be made primarily for, for a Western audience. Um, but it yeah. just... I, I do think the film actually spends maybe a bit too much time uh, like, uh, on, on, the, um, on her not being Asian, to be honest. I mean, like, fuck. If the director of the original anime says, well, why does she have to be Asian? She's a cyborg. She can be anything... Yeah. If he's saying that, I think people who are offended on the on the behalf of the original creators kind of do need to shut the fuck up. I yeah, and the, he, the, remember he he didn't just direct the original; he directed all of the movies, and I think a significant portion of the um, the TV series as well. Sure. I mean, yeah. There you go. Then. I mean, it, it's the thing is, it does. It does look bad on the face of it. It does, you know, and there were reports that they were looking at CG Asianing up Scar- Scarlett Johansson. Like apparently that was something they were actually doing. 
which was a terrible idea and they didn't go with it, so fair enough. But when you act, when you watch the film, so from a business point of view, it, okay, the film just wouldn't exist, which I'm sure a lot of people would, would rather have. Fair enough. I wouldn't because I, as a complete film, I think it is better than the original. Um, I think the, the, the plot has more going on in it. And yes, like the, the philosophical ideas aren't there as much, but in terms of things actually happening, I think it does I, I, I think it does it well. I like the, the 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 mix of ethnicities in this film I think is great and the whole like you can't really tell who's cyborged up and who isn't. Um, yeah. I, I, I really like that 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 aspect of it. I like the way that it plays beats of the original but does its own variations on them and it gets to an end point which is similar but not the same. Um, mm. you know, I, I like that. And in the end of the day, the like I like that the message of this film is essentially she is major. She is her own person, no matter what yeah. body she is in, uh, no matter what her history is, she is major. And I, I, I really like that. And I would love to have follow-up films that focus on the team dynamic more. Um, I, you know, I could have done with more of her, her, her mates backing her up, to be honest with you. Um, and which I don't think, I, I don't think at this point we're, we're going to get. Um, but the spider geisha thing was a Ooh, great, terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Great look, amazing. Um, I thought Michael Pitt was great. Um, uh, you know, like the way yeah. that he is sinister and then sympathetic. I thought he played that really well. Um, and just like production value, like a motherfucker. I would have thought this would have cost more than $110 million, to be honest. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they kept it that low. Um, and yeah, I was in. I really liked the score. And you know, they, even, they do the original theme at the end. And it's not some remixed version of it. It's the original theme. You know, this film is respectful as fuck for the yeah. to the original. It really, really is. But it's also a film made by Paramount that has to sell to a worldwide audience. And, you know, I mean, like, the whole... I was listening to a podcast last week where, like... Um, they were saying, oh, her name is uh, Major, and then, the, 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 forgive me, I can't remember the full Japanese name, and they're like, oh, God, they're even calling her, her that in the remake, oh, that's ridiculous. Wow, you didn't watch the film then, did you? Yeah. Like, they don't refer, like, that was her original name, yes. She is Major. Yeah. She is not defined, I mean, fuck, she's not defined by ethnicity. She is, she's almost pan-ethnic. You know, mm. she she is. It doesn't matter in this world. It doesn't matter what color skin you are. No, uh, because you know, any anybody it, it, anyone could be any fucking color skin. But you know, yeah. they could just choose what colored skin they want to be. Yeah, and it it, it you know I mean, I mean it, to to an extent obviously, but with like you know, but 
So this, I don't know, this film is going for a world view in terms of how we view race, I think more advanced than the people criticising it are. Well, that's it. People seem to forget that this movie is actually set, you know, 12 years into the future. And I know that 12 years in the future seems a lot like, it, you know, it will be anything like that because um, the the outright will ensure that um, all science is fucking gone by then. Um, so there's that, but it is, it's, it's not, it's not set in this world. It's set in an alternate version of this world, but fucking 12 years in the fucking future of an alternate version of this world, whereby multiculturalism has become the norm ages ago and it's become the norm that it's not just multiculturalism it's a complete you change yourself to suit how you feel now surely these fucking and i'm a i'm a liberal but these uber fucking liberals these the out fucking left liberals that are the, the large fucking voices behind this and you know on a slightly different related note and Mike was mentioning something on Chinchero um, uh, yeah. Potter was saying that there's a podcast that he listens to and I know nothing, nothing about the story so I'm not taking context I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong but I trust Mike's fucking judgment on this and he says it's ridiculous um, he was saying a, a Star Wars podcast that he, he listens to have, have now been banned from all Star Wars conventions because um, it, it's claimed that their show they said some misogynist stuff on their fucking show and a petition was being raised. I mean, Christ, it's fucking that's censorship. No, no, nowhere around it. I don't like what you're saying, therefore you shouldn't be allowed to fucking say it. Well, we'd criticise the fucking you know right wing press and you know the fucking Trumpites and the fucking Brexit fucking lovers, you know, of doing that. Yet, the, the hyper-liberalists have, have got so militant that it's happening. And, you know, it's happening with this. You know, they're, they're taking multiculturalism and the idea of, of looking at oneself and and throwing it out there and saying it's fucking wrong. All right, okay. So transgenders should be allowed to use which bathrooms again? Uh, you know, there's, there's that. Um, you know, Bex raised a good point in, in it. Um the almost the, the part of what Ghost in the Shell is is um, and the the motifs behind it all is the the loss of sense of self or the altering of sense of self. Um, you know, you get uh, in it. What's the guy's name? Um, Betty. You know, he gets new eyes because of an explosion. He has to have them, and he says it's quite strange. You know, having these new eyes he's not entirely comfortable that you get an idea that it isn't a procedure he wanted it's a procedure out of necessity and a lot of his enhancements have been out of necessity based on his the parameters of his job uh, and she raised the point and said it's it almost adds a different level to the um the sense of loss of self or struggling with self in the fact that you have got um a, a the the mind of um a, an asian girl who was anti um, very sort of anti-cybernetics and body altering has then been put into the body of a um, European looking uh, an Eastern European looking I think it's supposed to be mentioned I think it mentioned that she's Ukrainian I think in there um, or Serbian maybe it might have been um, body 
who then is a major in section nine. <laughs> it kind of it, it it throws against two fucking worlds that completely collide, and that's what I thought was quite interesting about it. Um, it, it you're right, it's visually stunning. It looks fantastic, um, and you know people said, oh, you know, it takes far too many cues from uh, Blade Runner. Well, the Ghost in the Shell mangas took quite a lot of cues from fucking Blade Runner, so. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I thought performances were very good in it. I think Charlotte Hansen's very good in it uh, as uh, in herself. She's a perfect actress for it. She has that. She has that ability to seem quite disassociated from everything in a certain way, and it was that. Michael Pitt's also in, an interesting casting in it, you know, um, and he was very good um, as well. Like you say, there's an anger to him where. You, he, he does seem very unhinged, but very much like his uh, the modifications he's had have, have given him an intellect, uh, and his AI has gone has gone the fucking Skynet AI route rather than um, the more controlled route. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. I, I th- you just it's a really interesting film that is not going to get its due because of something that is being stirred up by social media and yeah. I the, but like I say I understand like on the outside it doesn't look good but I don't know you can't you can't judge a film on its marketing you you, you know and and, and 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 you have to watch the film on its own terms and for me like I've said if anything it's kind of nailed on almost too much. I mean, like that scene where Scarlett Johansson goes to the uh, to the the, the 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 flat and basically meets her mum. You know, it was that scene kind of kills the pace at a time when yeah, it I does. Think you needed it. It's it's important for the story. I understand that, but I, I maybe would have rather have just not had that whole bit in there but they kind of but they have to have that whole kind of thing so it's like oh so you know because she's hugging uh an asian woman it means she's asian on the inside it's almost like it's it's almost like it's mansplaining it or something i don't i don't know it's weird but it's i i don't know this depicts a world that is beyond the color of someone's skin being a defining thing about them and then the film has to kind of bang that 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 drum a little bit too hard in that in in, in that section. But yeah, I I don't know. I I I just I thought it was a really really cracking hour and forty five minutes or so. You know, it took me to a different world. Um, it looked and sounded great. Um, the action was was really really solid. Um, and we're not going to get a sequel, uh, I don't think. And I'm annoyed about that. I'd love to spend some more time in this weird, kind of disturbing, kind of weirdly hopeful world. Um, and yeah, it's not going to happen now. But definitely not shit. No, definitely not shit. Um, it, 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 it's a, a great... Um it's a great sci-fi um, and it's a great action film 
um, whose lead is absolutely a uh, a female lead, uh, which we keep getting told there isn't enough of. Yet Scarlett Johansson keeps fucking doing it and keeps knocking it out of the park. You know, Lucy might be dumb as shit, but it's fun, dumb as shit. Um, so yeah, I I definitely not shit. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I say, I. I think everything depends on how well it does uh, in the um, in the Asian market, to be honest. Uh, but I, I still don't think, like you said, I still don't think we'll get a sequel anyway because I think that the people involved will go, do you know what, it's not worth the piss in the morning. Yeah, do you know what, and fair play to them. You know, yeah. I mean, like, Rupert Sanders hasn't been on the beat for this, I think probably because he's not allowed to do publicity after fucking nope. Christian Stewart, you know. But um, it... it I, I, I don't know, right? so Scarlett Johansson kind of feels like she's been out there by herself, like, tub-thumping for it, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel bad for her, you know, I could see why she was drawn to the material, um, and it kind of feels like it's not, it's just not really done her career any favours. I don't think she gives a shit. I, don't I think, think she's she shit either. I hope she doesn't. I hope. I think. I, I think this is. Shall I answer this very much? She. She forged her own path. She's, she's chosen. She could, based on the fact that she's a good actress uh, and the fact that she's strikingly beautiful to look at, she could go down a very a very set route. And she's not, you know, she's got her um, her paycheck movies and they're the Marvel movies. I don't think she'd ever want to do a standalone Marvel movie on her own. I think she's happy with the fact that she gets to crop up in all of them. It makes sense that she crops up in all of them. And she's very good in all of them. And then she goes off and she does things like Under the Skin, Lucy, this. You know, they seem like the ones for her. And, you know, they're not they're not little fucking eight million dollar indie movies they're 50 60 million dollar movies or 100 million dollar movies or 40 million dollar movies you know it's <laughs> she deserves a lot more fucking more props than she's getting because people are focusing on the, the, the wrong the wrong thing what should be focused on is this is a 110 million dollar sci-fi movie that they are hanging all of the fucking up their hopes on on a what 32 year old 